They're screaming. The screaming is everywhere right now, especially on campus, right? There's the middle of the quad has been taken over by bullhorns and screaming. And, you know, I just I just want to take a break. I want to go somewhere, somewhere in the world where none of this warmongering and tension and ships sailing to the Mediterranean and airplanes. And I, you know, I just, I want to get out. I want, I, 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 I want to go down under. I think it's going to be better there. Don't you think? Welcome to the Mosaic Arc. Look, I got I got some I I've got one of these guys, Rue, right? And 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 one of these guys, which when I when I went to Australia, I actually got to hold they're like concrete teddy bears. They're not squishy at all. <laughs> it's like what's in those? What's in that eucalyptus that these 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 guys eat, right? It's like, okay, I'm ready. We're going we're going to have a party now, right? Barbie put the shrimps on the Barbie and have a fun old time. And I mean, I remember, I remember when, you know, the conservatives all watched Milo go down there and he insisted that you guys have it good. Uh huh. <laughs> He's perma banned from this continent. Really? Still, I think. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like the whole, as he said, the whole continent, right? Including New Zealand. The whole continent. <laughs> I, I th- I'm not sure if you'll have to ask him if he's banned from New Zealand. But last last I heard, he's perma banned from Australia. <laughs> well, there was I, I laugh, but it's just like of all the things we could have banned, it's just so funny. <laughs> it's it's because you of that be, riot he started in Melbourne, level. right? You guys are still paying off the police down oh, there. Oh yeah. Or wait, the police or Victoria police are still charging. I don't. It's like yeah, the the. The Victorians were not very happy with him arriving. They tried to send him a bill through the police <laughs> presence. <'cause if> Victoria... <laughs> well, okay. So, does Apparently... this mean you guys know how to have fun or not? I'm, 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 I'm now a little worried about this. It's like, wait, we thought, we thought Milo kept saying Australia. He, at that point, he was planning on moving to Australia because he was so convinced that, <laughs> that you know, whatever was happening here in the United States with. Berkeley blowing up and free speech reach getting canceled and you know you know you know my president at the University of Chicago yeah. now was at some point head and head of things in Berkeley then I keep saying hi to him Paul <laughs> one day we'll bring Milo to University of Chicago if 
well, I don't know. Anyway, I should I should get to talk more about Milo, but but he kept saying he was going to move down to Australia because Australians knew how to be conservatives. <laughs> She's laughing. Wait, I, are, you, so are you are you are you going to tell me that, that the plushies the lied? Sweet imperialist. He thinks that we're a conservative country. But the plushies, <laughs> they're cute. Look at them. They're 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 begging you. They're 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 straight up begging yes. you not to burst the bubble. I'm gonna burst. They're it. dead. Oh, I'm the, sorry. The plushies have dead. You held the koala. You've held the concrete teddy bear. You know that all is not as it seems down under. <laughs> oh, I fed the I First fed, off, the, well, I fed the, the kangaroos popcorn. There was a there was a petting zoo and there there was some there was some guinea pigs. They had a pen full of guinea pigs and some ponies. And little and and roos hopping all around the place. I you are not telling the truth about Australia. I know Australia. It's crocodile Dundee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and did you the the the, the, the thingy that he swings right to to send messages? Uh yes. Uh, bull roar. Sound instrument. Yes, yes. The bull roarer. It's a sound instrument. So they uh, uh we we used to swing them for like long distance communication down here so it was like the original social media network because <laughs> they're really loud so you can hear them from long distance so it was you know adding to the sonic feel of the country see all uh, of no, this no all I, of this you're i just i'm gonna not let you talk because it's just it's like i've read no <laughs> i have read serious works of literature kind of probably set in in, in australia because like terry pratchett in his discworld novel did a 4x like the lager, I think, right? <laughs> and and when when oh lagers in the when, beer. The, when rinse when the wizard yeah. goes to Forex, the counterweight continent in Discworld, he ends up in something called Dream Time. It sounded kind of fun, especially now. What yeah. I liked about that one, it's like in in um he sees these drawings. I think this is this this has got to be in, in the counterweight continent one. Um, that you can see like inside so you draw you draw the 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 outline of the creature and then there's like dots and and squiggles and stuff inside and that's like showing the energy of the the animals it's like it all sounds totally cool yeah oh that's cool no we do x-ray <laughs> um... see see you're not gonna be... and 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 just to, to get my whole bibliography out here the int no wait i have read a few more things um uh bill bryson's book about visiting australia where everything can kill you wait like all the animals yes. <laughs> even 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 these guys like <laughs> Yeah, well, they can give you chlamydia. No, I, I'm, no. not, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> they are going. They're they're having a population problem because the koalas have chlamydia, and also the T Tasmanian devils have another kind of chlamydia. I think it's in their face. So their animals have venereal disease. Yes, our animals have the clap. <laughs> this is not going to. Things are plushies, not. Things are not. This, this is not going to be plushy friendly, mm. is it? Mm. Probably not, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I told you we have a plushy patriotism here. That that it's 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 it in the airports you get the the front version of of the story and then there's a back a back a backwoods version. You don't have any woods. You just have yes. deserts. 
<laughs> We've got the I bush saw walkabout the- when he she he falls in love with her. Mm-hmm. What is it, Ginny Ginny Adams? No. Do you see that in 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 from the I don't know the name of the girl? It's the movie. Yeah, from the yeah, they the took film. us to see that in school. Mm. Oh, really? What was your impression? Flies. I think I must have seen yes. it since then because I don't think I understood it when I saw it. <laughs> that what? Her father kills... Wait. Oh, golly. This gets dark pretty quickly. Her father kills himself yes. and leaves her and her brother to wander around in the desert in the outback. Mm-hmm. And a young man rescues them and then falls in love with her. And when he does the mating dance, she rejects him. So he kills himself. Oh, wait. It, it it left an impression. That sounds like Australian <laughs> cinema. <laughs> oh I'm like no! The most bright and bubbly. I'm the most bright and bubbly of the bunch. <laughs> no, it's it's um. I think yes, I think I think you need to tell Australian us movies. some true stories <clears throat> from Down Under. Well, I uh, okay. So I I I'm gonna give a dream time. Maybe I'll get I'll bring you into the dream time. Oh, dream time sounds uh, nice. Let's start. We start with the. I've got Ulu. I've got I've got some stars. It's gonna be the dream time now. This is good. Amazing. <laughs> so we we were uh, we we've been musing about the dream time for a while during Draco Alchemicus. Uh, I, I, for, for everyone who doesn't realize this, when I first met, uh, the professor, I was in dream time with no chronology. <laughs> the wonderful thing about spirit. You. She can remember the date. <laughs> I know it's horrible. <laughs> I don't know how you people do it. <laughs> I had to enter a chronological and linear format for the first time. So, <laughs> um, which we don't have. Uh, Australia is uh, not living in a chronological history. Uh, history. Uh, so <laughs> I I thought we'd chat about Australia and do it. Uh, I'll tell you what I have on screen and you'll tell me stuff. We'll try to project. Yeah, project yeah, maybe. So right now I have the Southern Cross, which seems very yes. beautiful. I, I'm, you're just not going to break my spirit here. We're going to talk about the barrier reef and cool animals that don't kill you. There are not very many of those. And we've got three that don't kill you. <laughs> and the, the rich complexity of the indigenous culture there and <laughs> politics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I wanted to start. Oh, let's start with the Southern Cross because this is the only thing that I could think of. <laughs> You said something about not wanting to completely dispirit people. So let's start with this. We can end with this. If I go in the loop of the, of the, of the images that we have. Yeah. So we'll start with the cross. No, no, that's a hope. That's a hopeful thing. Well, whenever you leave, whenever you leave the continent, you're leaving the Southern cross sky. Mm. So, you know, if we come here, uh, if, if we leave here and we go up into the Northern hemisphere, it disappears. Suddenly we have a completely different celestial system. And Northern Hemisphere people have the Big Dipper and they have all of the constellations that they used to. We have a completely different uh, uh, star ceiling down here. We have the cross. So that, for Australian people, that 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 was my uh, my anchor. And for everyone down here, because that's how we navigated, uh, we can find south with the Southern Cross, but also those stars are on our national flag. They've been on other flags, which you'll see. They're on the plushies. Uh, in, the, in the picture. They're on the plushies. Yeah, they're everywhere. 
because I, I think um, fundamentally that's what we're still doing to anchor ourselves mm -hmm. down here. We're still looking at those stars. We're still looking at that constellation to find our way in this kind of modernity madness that's been uh, created in the colonies. So, yes. Well, I don't know. How do I start this? Let's start on a racist magazine from the 60s. Oh, really? Oh, oh my goodness. You, you yeah. found some other things yeah. that aren't in the slides. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I wanted to read something to you because I thought it was a good place to start um, and kind of give you a perspective of how the culture here uh, works for everyone who's a bit confused about what it's like being an Australian. Many Europeans have lived for varying periods among Aborigines, and one of these wild white men, William Buckley, is almost a legendary figure whose life story has been made romantic by writers who prefer fiction to fact. But Buckley was not the first white black fellow. Probably even before the English colony was established in New South Wales, European castaways had lived with native tribes. They go on and they mention a bunch of different men that had been uh, wandering around. But I thought this was uh, an interesting one. James Bracefield or Bracefell and James Davies, both runaway convicts lived amongst the Aborigines of Wide Bay, Queensland, the latter for about 16 years. Both were rescued in 1842 by Andrew Petrie, who in his diary describes the appearance of uh, the, describes the appearance of both these people when he arrived at the camp. A white man in a state of nudity and actually a wild man of the woods. <laughs> his eyes wild and unable to rest for a moment on any one object. Mm -hmm. He had quite the same manners and gestures that the wildest blacks have got. He could not even pronounce English for some time. So that's where I wanted to start uh, because it was like these men had come into a continent where the visual field had completely changed and, and that to me was linking with what we were discussing uh, in our meditations on Marshall McLuhan's uh, ideas of the visual and the, the oral cultures. So Australia... To start us off, I was like, okay, how do I, how how do I, I even explain this place? <laughs> how do I even begin to explain this place to everyone who, who isn't from here and who, who doesn't understand how it works? And it was the loss of the visual field and the beginning of an acoustic and, mm. and, uh, and the sonic sense. So the convicts that came here in the beginning and that went wild have that loss of visuals according to the, the witness accounts, but also they've lost their mother tongue. They've really gone into the bush. And in Australia, it's like... Uh, it's a desert of gum trees. It's probably the best way of describing it. So we have this really high-tech civilization that is uh, <laughs> been planted in the middle of this uh, massive desert, uh, this massive eucalypt desert. And the way the culture has run here from from uh, from forever has been uh, a reliance on the sonic, just like in Crocodile mm -hmm. Dundee where they're whirling bull roars. It's always been oral and uh, not a literate place. And I think a lot of people make um, an assumption because we have a high-tech, uh, modern uh, European uh, kind of a Western civilization here that people are relying on the eyes. Um, I don't think that Australians do. I think Australians as a people rely on the ears much more than is uh, highlighted. Um, and it's doing some really interesting things to us all, especially in the last few years with the COVID uh, 
tyranny. And so also the, the arguments that we're having now about the way we're going to constitute the mm -hmm. country and, and everything. So, yeah, um, airport plushies, uh, it, it, it's funny that that's like the kind of gift that we can give to everyone as a, a memento of being here because uh, in other places you'll have uh, uh, reproduction relics of, you know, ancient archaeology or, or statues or uh, other symbols of high culture. Mm. It's interesting that in 200 years Australia doesn't have this. You don't go to an airport and get symbols of any high culture in Australia. You get uh, animal plushies and uh, boomerangs and reproduction didgeridoos. Yeah. So it's kind of like that's the mentality that we're in. Um, yeah, hopefully this is making sense. Well, so I, I, I'll, I'll play contrast for this um, and say let's let, yes. like, let's let's carry on. We'll move we'll move into some of the other the images. So we have um, souvenir of the Federation Australia with one queen, one mm. country, one people, one destiny, and that I I. I we didn't put these in any particular order, but I still end up having things in order because that's I'm I'm at this chronologically challenged person that requires narrative. <laughs> um, that I I this Organized. this one seemed to me to be the way probably well it, it would say one the way Milo was talking about the country as a place to go right it seems like one it fits mm -hmm. in this image of the empire and and certainly when we've had maps of the British Empire you have um you know canada and and india and new zealand and australia and they're all the english-speaking regions i don't know what's on this mm -hmm. map new south wales oh this is the badges from the different states right new south wales victoria south australia queensland something west australia and tasmania <laughs> um so mm -hmm. it seems like it has you know government structure that matches the kind of places that we're familiar with from english-speaking regions and that it's it's just it's mm -hmm. just another of the nodes in this great anglophone system mm. um yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean yes uh it's a node because it was colonized by britain but this place has had a very strange development um the the country the country didn't federate because of a need to reject the British Empire. So that's the first mm. thing that, uh, I mean, there's the first difference there is between uh, Australia and America. America had a revolutionary war where they formally ousted the king of, uh, of Great Britain. Right. They were colonials who rejected uh, being colonials. They wanted to establish themselves as a national uh, entity and a people through warfare australia's never done this well actually i mean uh, we did it I... by petition right and then there's some battle that yes. happens but I'll, 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 but you have your revolution yeah but it's 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 i think the the way americans would think about it, it says we fought the war and the british are evil which is ironic because now they're the good guys whatever um but that it, it happens with our documents right the the declaration <clears throat> we make this petition as englishmen to say George, you haven't behaved properly, so we don't count you as king anymore. And the the battles and mm. stuff that happened were uh, 
I mean, apparently they were over quite quickly in New England and they only carried on because Scots-Irish kept fighting in the South <laughs> for every seven years, <laughs> which may be pertinent to your story, right? But that there was, there was mm-hmm. this, within the, you know, structures of English expectations, you know, always pointing back to Magna Carta, look, we made a petition against the king because he's misbehaved, so we get to go make our own government. Yeah, that didn't right. happen here. It didn't happen. We've never tried to remove ourselves from the monarchy. Uh, so you can see, even in the celebration of the Federation, Queen Victoria, the the, the Empress of the, the British Empire at the time, she's uh, she's on the document. Uh, and there was a feeling, there was a feeling uh, amongst some of the states in Australia, there was a reservation to enter into the Federation because people didn't want to lose their connection to British identity mm-hmm. also, especially Western Australia. Um, the the West Australians were phys- physically removed from the East Coast people. They had they were uh, geographically isolated, and the the people over there were very fond of their um, Britishness. Whereas the 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 push for a more Australian nationalism came from the East Coast people. Mm. So um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a blanket decision in Australia for everybody to. Uh, shirk being British and then uh, become Australians. And the process, from what I can see, looked much more like uh, <clears throat> a business arrangement mm. than anything that I could re- re- recognize as being. Um, so it doesn't, it, it wouldn't fit in the model of the Magna Carta and rights of Englishmen. And I mean, we know the rights are pirate. No pirate rights anyway that come from the dutch but whatever (laughs) well no and i mean that 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 also features like the the american colonies were more of a business venture than i think sometimes our mythology allows in the sense that you know they're chartered to be tobacco farms or or you know tobacco plantations or funk well the, the the new england ones are you know functioning townships but the southern ones are plantations grow tobacco Mm. grow later when they get the mechanized stuff grow cotton um i mean i'm wondering whether this like there's there's a there there has an i recognize this until i I went when i when i got to visit australia um four years ago realizing it's it's not just that you're on the the southern hemisphere and so that feels different or that there's like massive jet lag because of how big the pacific is <laughs> um mm-hmm. uh but you know it's like a the town sydney seemed like a mixture of canada scotland maybe hong kong which i haven't been to so i can't count i can't tell but um yeah. you know uh, a sort of pacific I mean, it's Pacific Rim, so it feel, feel, feels a little bit maybe like, I don't know, Portland or something like it. It felt like it was a mixture of a lot of things, and particularly in Sydney, there's a big warehouse sitting like over the harbor, right? Mm-hmm. So you can, yeah. you can feel all of the layer. I mean, there, it felt to me like there were layers of whose history this was, but, you know, they're not terrifically deep. You know, the, 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 the layers of history that I'm familiar with of the Anglo occupation of the American West are not very deep either. Mm. There's, there's obviously the indigenous people here have much longer histories than the, than my family. Mm. Well, um, 
Sydney, I mean, Sydney's the, the, Sydney was the first port. Sydney is the place where the, the colonies were established. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's been the, the point at which the colonial experiment in Australia really kicked mm. off. And, um, so the general, the general history that we're given when we grow up in Australia is, uh, we were a convict colony and then people had, uh, uh you know, a, a period of being convicts for a while. And then there were a couple of gold rushes and suddenly we were, uh, running at Turkish machine gun fire in Gallipoli. Uh, Wait, I, there, that, that's like, a, like, no wonder you have problems with the chronology. That feels like a lot of compressed <laughs> story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, that, that's the history that uh, you're given uh, as someone who grows up in the continent here. Of course, with the politically correct emphasis on Indigenous history, but the, the problem with this uh, is that when you're dealing with the history of an oral culture that's been destroyed, mm. there isn't really a lot to impart because... Uh, you've got a media problem right? and uh, everybody's overcompensating instead of realizing that what we did was we wiped out the, the, uh, the lineages that would have been able to give us accurate oral histories. Mm. So it feels completely uh, incoherent and everything is scattered all over the place and you've got to kind of, <laughs> playing detective really in order to piece together something of a coherent narrative of what Australia really is. But most people don't bother mm. and most people don't need to because we live in what is presented to, to us as a first world country with a, uh, a first world economic system, a really high standard of living and uh, an economy which is never ever going to collapse because uh that's essentially the Australian mindset is that we have this uh, ongoing and infinite uh, progress. I think I so, think the next picture is that the new Australia. Wait, is this the the official organ of the Big Brother movement? Special message from the Prince of Wales. Oh, keep Australia white. Oh, that's a uh, yeah, yeah yeah. So the thing is, how this you're saying presently, Australians think of the first world country, Anglosphere, high tech. I mean, certainly I saw some of that in Sydney. Um, although, mm -hmm. I mean, I live in Chicago, so it's, it, well, one which has its own downsides, right? But um, mm -hmm. Sydney felt small, like pretty, right? It's like it had a nice downtown mm -hmm. and some good shops and boutiques and a lot of wealthy Asian people, clearly. Um, yes. business, business suits and um, it felt financial district. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sydney's a financial it, district. It, it's an insurance and banking hub. Definitely felt like all of that, but it didn't. It didn't feel yeah. like the city was that dense. I mean, it's not like Chicago no. dense. No, no, it's not. No, we don't have that density. We don't have the the density of uh, other countries here yet. So we may get there, but we have a spread out kind of suburban right. uh, australia is a continent of the burbs we're suburban that, people. that's what yeah. it felt like right that there was a small center yeah. very elegant downtown the harbor the yeah. the opera botanical gardens were very interesting because I, I saw those as part you know that that's part of the british empire feel like the kew yes. gardens that you have in england or in, in london and the scottish botanical gardens and oh look here is you know we've got 
that too, right? Exotic plants yeah. and some cockatoos. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the sort of d- high tech felt like it was on just like on the surface mm. is what you're how so you mean in the well in i mean it, it, it america can seem kind of grubby <laughs> and and, oh, and okay. you know we we've got late we've already we're old enough now to have layers of cities that have like burned down and stuff and it gotcha. didn't feel like sydney did, felt new right it felt like there was it yeah. was it was still all freshly freshly built even though some of the yeah. architectural styles americans would see and say oh they look more um victorian right like london mm-hmm. victoria with terraced houses and things like that no the majority of the cities are modern now mm. the majority of the cities are skyscrapers it's glass and steel yeah. Yeah, uh, we don't. Yeah, we don't have a lot of the old, uh, the old buildings remaining. We, uh, the cities, as they were established by the British uh, prior to uh, the end of World War Two, we had a lot of that old British uh, architecture, which was everywhere. But it's, a lot of it's been pulled down. Oh, Just really? That, okay. Uh, yeah, they've purposefully demolished a lot. Of, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> that's probably another part of the conversation but uh, mm. old palaces were built theaters um old banks uh i mean a lot of the facades of the old railway stations have been purposefully torn down and replaced with steel and glass as well so uh yeah i know what you mean it's it's a you're uh you're in something which is incredibly new that there are not there are not a lot of layers to dig through in the in the in the major capital cities here. In the architecture. Now, I, so, I yeah. also got to visit Perth and um, a friend who lived in the suburbs there. And the suburbs seemed quite, well, in American suburbs, you can tell when they're new because there's no trees. <laughs> they mm-hmm. have to build the houses and then they plant the saplings. And, the, you know, the older the older, sub, the older the suburbs are, the taller the trees are. Yes. Uh, and the, the Perth suburbs I saw, the trees were very little. <laughs> yes. Tiny, yes. Little, tiny little trees. Um, it's, so, you know, there, there was all of these layers of this all feels really familiar. It's obviously English for easy for English speakers because like, oh, they all speak our language. So you guys are just mm-hmm. the same as us, just with different stars mm-hmm. and plushies. <laughs> without plushies. You're, you're going to tell, you're going to tell me that the, there's a depth that we are not catching on in, in all of this. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 I'm uh, going to drink my Australian wine. I got Australian wine for this occasion too. Oh, really? Which, Where's which it was, from? Which was Tell literally me. the only bottle they had in the shop. That was the best I could do. Um, Burton Vineyard. Big Rivers. Okay. The New South Wales. Okay. Metal Label. Hey. Right appropriately <laughs> a four-star winery there you go um but the so everything everything is constructed to feel and of course when i was there it was in august and everybody's apologized for how cold it was and i'm like you've got the doors open it was hmm. it was i mean it was not it's it's like what we have no. in the spring right it was it was very lovely and 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 lovely weather and it just seems idyllic <laughs> um, my, these plushies well, are is, in the way of my pouring wine. I think 
I think this is like uh so the 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 cities without any kind of history in them that is the mentality of the Australian people it's a kind of a present continuous mentality where we are living in the here and now yeah there are no architectural reference points for us to 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 anchor ourselves in any kind of historical narrative that would allow us to grasp at an orange uh, at a um, at an origin story uh and it's like when you're in italy obviously you've got the Colosseum and all of these uh roman aqueducts uh, sprinkled everywhere and this this kind of thing the greeks with the uh uh the structures there the columns all of this kind of thing the old world there is an architectural element to reminding people where they come mm. from. This doesn't exist in Australia. And it affects the mentality of the people here because what we're dealing with is a present continuous culture which has lost a sense of origin and story. So even though we're speaking English, we have British roots. It's very abstract for most people. If you say, okay, yeah, well, we have British roots, they don't understand what that means. Unless they've gone and lived in Britain for some time, mm. Australians don't have a concept of what actually it means to have British roots because we're dealing with the a geography which is completely alien to the United Kingdom and the architecture itself here is not even British anymore. So it's it's like we've been completely severed from the mother country, uh, except for in our governmental system mm. because we still have the monarchy as the, as the head of the Commonwealth. So hopefully this is kind so of giving... So I've got this poster that says, Australia to rise, save her from this shame, New Germany. Yeah. <laughs> How I mean this I don't see a date on that one. So like but you're saying it's all it's all these British roots that nobody remembers, but why would it ever be New Germany? They were worried about a German invasion during the wars. This was part of the propaganda efforts to get everybody to go off and fight in the conflict. That's insane. That's Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Germany didn't even manage to like do much in Africa. I mean, it's like they, 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 every, all, all the European countries are, are, you know, scrambling around in Africa and Germany had plans, right? But they, they never managed to get there. Why does, why is it even conceivable they would end up in Australia? I don't know. <laughs> it's because we, we, we existed as, uh, we existed in this, uh, really strange relationship to the mothership, the motherland, Britannia, and Australians have, fought in all of these conflicts mm. even though we're so far away from all of them you know, i mean it is funny now to think about this but how do you get a lot of men to leave somewhere which <laughs> isn't even feeling the aftershocks of the war in europe and uh put them on boats and and ship them off to to a to a hot conflict zone multiple times they were very easily propagandized by the the the, uh, the fear that this place might even become continentally European. <laughs> I, okay, so it, all the, of these things are very mysterious to me. You're saying there's no there there's the it's an oral oral environment, no no visual yes. anchors. There's no chronological yes. anchors. There's this 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 no. you know British identity that is only 
in its governmental structure and nothing else i mean the language the language yeah anything else i'm thinking <laughs> with such a strong ability at least in the 20th century to tell the men you need to go die over there yes because otherwise we That's we what... might become germany i the thing is, there are <laughs> I, I as I, I my 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 research includes also watching miss fisher and there's one episode in miss fisher's mysteries where the story is set on a a, a vineyard that a german mm -hmm. family owns so there there must have been they're, they're talking about whether or not there were german yes. settlers in australia and the fears that they had it's set around in the 20s right so it's out of memories of the war yes. and what happened with those people i th i i'm wondering it's like they're not all just british there right is in terms of european no, europeans you mean no just in terms of europeans who who's who else is in the mix? At which point? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it changes. Uh, for for the beginning of the colonial period, it was uh, exclusively British migrants. And then uh, things started to change. Continental Europeans started to arrive mm. around the gold rush era. Oh, okay. The gold, but uh, so, but there was a time gold before rush. it was England's England's territory. It was some desire to make it Dutch. The Dutch are all all oh, down yeah, there yeah. In, in the in the the ice spice yes, islands. The yes. Well, apparently the Dutch got here first, mm. and uh, there there are there are people. Uh, there are even native people that are claiming now that they were trading the Dutch hmm. um, hundreds of years before the British arrived here, which is interesting. Um, but it kind of gives you a, it, it gives you a picture of how difficult it is to form narratives around Australia because everyone's saying something completely different. Hmm. And also uh, not a lot of people know that the the Dutch were here before the, the before the British got here. Van, Van Diemen's land, right? Van Diemen's Land, yes, it was it was known as New Holland for for some time, um, and the first European navigators to sight the continent were actually Hispanics, oh. Spanish Portuguese. <laughs> so this has been a part of the contention of the discovery of the continent as well, because uh, the the navigator that came here. No, I forget how to pronounce his name. I'm going to have to look it up in a second. Mm. But basically, he came here, uh, uh, discovered the continent, pronounced a blessing on it, and claimed it in the name of the Catholic, uh, the Catholic Church as the Great Southland of the Holy Spirit. And some Australian Catholics for a while were saying that this was proof that the continent actually belonged to the Catholic world and it didn't belong to the Protestants. So I feel like basically from the beginning of Australia's history, you have this really strange tension between the Protestant colonial mm. powers, the Dutch and the English, and then the Catholic ones, or the Portuguese and the Spanish, and then the French who kind of arrived on the western side and saw it and went, oh, it's terrible, we don't want it, <laughs> and just left. <laughs> but all of them, I mean, the Spanish, yeah. the Spanish have the Philippines and the and the Dutch are in, mm -hmm. oh, d Indonesia. Indonesia, yeah, and the French yeah. end up in Vietnam, South Asia. 
New Caledonia, which is not very far away. Right. French Tahiti. So all yeah. of the, I mean, yeah. the, the, all of the power, all of the European pe powers are there. Yes. But somehow Britain just lucked out. <laughs> they got, they got here. That's the story. There was no colonial contest. Hmm. Uh, the, is the it ship, Cook? Is uh, it Cook who makes it there? Cook, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before he gets eaten in, in, in Hawaii. Yeah. Cooked. Cooked. <laughs> cooked indeed. <laughs> Terribly named. No, what's funny, what, yeah. I mean, t just, t I have bits and pieces of this from, you know, the different novels and things that I've read. Patrick O'Brien, the mm -hmm. characters end up in the South Seas a lot. Um, how you're saying Australians don't know this history. I don't think anybody knows this history, including the Europeans who are part of it. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, the other my other pop culture reference is Tom Selleck and Quig Quigley Down Under. Who he gets to be the good guy mm -hmm. because he's hired by the bad guy who's played by oh golly, famous guy, um, who wants him to shoot Aborigines, and then Quigley begin the good guy doesn't shoot the Aborigines, but the it's it that they have Quigley come over as a sharpshooter from the American West because oh we're here in the West too, and so we need to. To figure out how to manage our indigenous peoples, mm. I, I I keep I keep getting well, even that is a complicated relationship too. We're getting there. That that yeah. um, Australian history is more involved in all of these other strands of history, and yet we're able to both ignore it, right, and pretend that it's just a place with cool animals. And then not appreciate the degree to which whatever has been happening in Australia is, is like twinging. You talk about the the oral level, tel the telegraph yeah. would be down there and such, that pinging all over around the world. And that it's like with the, you know, we're starting with a joke about how Milo is banned from there. <laughs> it's almost as if, it's <laughs> almost as if it's not that the, you're the end of the world, it's you're the center and all of these yeah. strands are every time some that these things play out in Australia, it has ramifications for the rest of the world. It seems that this is the case. Yes. Uh, if you if you look at a world map, I've seen the meme. I didn't put it. Oh, in the well, we'll go. Aborigines <laughs> conference it's day of mourning. Aborigines only. Aborigines claim citizens' if rights. If you if you draw a line around the world map and then isolate Australia and put a circle around Australia, it looks like a cat playing with a big ball of twine. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad, but very true. Wait, Australia's um, the ball or Australia's the cat? Uh, Australia's the ball and the world's the cat. <laughs> okay, so this Aboriginal thing. So I got really excited. So I've been reading so many different things about Australian okay. history because obviously it's like... Um, there's no history to read, right? That's what everyone gets told in Australia. We don't have a history. People that migrate here, they say, oh, there's no history in Australia. It's, it's because they're, purpose they're forgetting. No, so I will say at this point, oh, cool. my, my yeah. friend John Moran, who I did a video with him on his meditation practice, he's actually been trying to write Australian history. We should have him back on here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, he's, he, yes. he hung out in DCR with us for a while and then we weren't serious enough for him, so we left. <laughs> Oh yeah, I remember I was thinking of it. Because he's actually <laughs> engaged in writing history. He's like had got stuff to write, stories and things like that. And and I think one of his frustrations mm -hmm. is this feeling. It's like there are stories. Where are they? Why isn't why aren't they being written? Go on. 
It's a really good yeah. question. But, but you're saying well, it's, it's a perpetual claim that there aren't any. And yet we start yes. digging and A, Australia is involved in a lot of very complicated stories that matter immensely to the powers. And two, they seem to keep wanting us to forget. Yes, they want us to forget also. And I think this is this strange... Uh, it's, I call it the Australian amnesia. Mm. People move here and then within a generation, they've forgotten everything about civilization. Meaning like European civilization. The, there's this sense of like people wanting to retain their cultures mm. and everything. But unless you're actively traveling back to your, your family's home country to retain the, the connection, it's very easy to fall into the Australian amnesia. And... Uh, well, to be fair, you're We're very told... far away. It's the no, longest flight I've ever been on, Dallas to Sydney. <laughs> well, we don't have the arc. We we have no architecture that can point to some kind of ancient origin or even a medieval origin. Mm. There, there is literally nothing here, which gives you an indication of the story of the place because it's constantly like a demolition and rebuild and demolition and rebuilds. Uh, experience i mean the building industry in australia that i mean that's a different story altogether we get into that but i mean uh, our economy relies on construction mm. industry so when your economy relies on the construction industry and it relies on money getting poured in for the construction everything is 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 constructed here for uh temporary use the houses here are only built for 25 year lifespan after that they're expected to be good enough to pull down and then you can rebuild them oh, so if what you you're saying to. is there's nothing hope for the sydney opera house it may just go away <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what they were doing <laughs> i think that's you know that's probably one of the only things they're not going to pull down because it's like all right, so there's there's like a tradition. I don't know if you guys have this in America, but if you're driving along the roadsides here, sometimes we have these really big volcanic boulders that are on the side of the road because we've got areas that have uh, volcanic boulders and people paint the rocks and then, you know, they'll have messages on them. There's a shark in one of the roads <laughs> I drive into Mexico, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. So that's the Sydney Opera House. It's basically whatever anyone wants to say, make a national declaration, it gets... Uh, uh what's the word um i can't think of the word it's a it's like a movie theater when things projected. are I've, projected i've lost my english thank you <laughs> it's projected onto the sydney opera house so that's like our national billboard it's like what's going on <laughs> politically and culturally just look at what they've just projected onto the sydney opera house so but like, it's oh, ironic because yeah, okay. opera is european if not you know it's like the most european art form there is mm -hmm. yeah we don't practice it here. We did once. Okay, for, this is this is the, I, you're going to have to answer this for us because you're building up this incredible mystery of why does it keep happening? Why do people keep forgetting? And and isn't it interesting? Yes, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I've I've been thinking about it, and the my only my only answer to this is oral culture. My only answer to this is that it's the it's the the continent where people have fallen into an oral culture without even realizing it they think they're still in the visual and they're not they're okay we're gonna have to culture. unpack that we have a silent draco okay. it has a comment i think on what we're talking the dustbin of empire is the first thing to rattle in a storm that's it you're a dustbin of empire but so you're like a warning signal right that 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 bull roarer 
You are the bull roarer of civilization. <laughs> if Australia falls, we're all following after. Um, Doomed. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's yeah. not like there's not major civilizations in the region. China, yeah, for example, yeah. which is, you know, threatening in one way or another to absorb Australia, which is interesting that China hadn't previously. I mean, it's like it's nearby. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it's really close. <laughs> you wonder, like I've often wondered, I used to think this when I was growing up here, uh, when I was really little, uh, I, I think uh, why these people were the ones to arrive first, you know, it's like shower thoughts of a, of a, an eccentric kid, but why, why were my neighbors not Asian, you know, like right. the, the kind of, it's just very strange or, you know, you, you think to yourself, okay, so Polynesians had a lot of boats because they were sailing all over the Pacific islands. Why weren't the Polynesians here? We had like virtually no Polynesian people here until the British set up the, the Kanaka system in the in Queensland sugar plantations, which is mm. in one of the pictures that I'm showing there now. Because we did have the Aborigines conference. The Aborigines conference. Saying, so who are the people there? Which I mm. one of the detailed things we wanted to, I we wanted you to talk about. I wanted you to talk, but it's like what the voice okay. the voice vote is, right? So we've oh, yeah. we've constructed this image of on the one hand we have this fantasy version, plushies included, of Australia as the the um, playground that the Brits have in the backyard. You you have parties there, right? And yeah. um, with government. So it's familiar and friendly, but not too complicated. And, you know, people raise sheep and do banking. And, it, you know, it, it, it feels feels sort of um, like all of the best bits of what we wish we were as the Anglo Anglosphere. Over there. <laughs> um, and yet, <laughs> layers of potential. Uh, now I'm losing my life. This is all Australia's fault. We can't talk. I'm telling you, it's it's, it's the moment I start talking about this place, we, we're going to be absorbed in that. I'm telling you, the acoustic well, field we're never gonna, We're never going to make it out. It's, it's got layers no. of European possibilities, potentialities, right? With the the, the Spanish yeah. and the Dutch and the, the, the other European um, empires that were in the region and then the English... And you haven't yet talked about the 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 Scots Irish and or the Celts, particularly the Irish, particularly, yeah. um, and mm -hmm. then this sub the this popula subpopulation, the sense of the subpopulation of humanity, who don't belong to anybody else. And 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 you all yeah. were talking about the the sort of how to how to bring this group of people into the government of Australia or not. And quickly down under was, of course, trying to meditate on this problem of like when it's the Wild West and everyone's out there setting up their own ranches. And I wish I could remember the actor who plays the bad guy. I think maybe it's Ray Fiennes. I can't remember. No, Alan Rickman. It's Alan Rickman. No. Oh, great. Well, anyway, one of those guys. Um, that he's you know, like, what, what, what these, these ranchers coming in and quote, taking over all of these big territories in the West where the 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 um aborigines live who are the aborigines 
That's a really good question. <laughs> we don't know. It's a completely, it, like to, to, to call it a contentious, a contentious issue is like the biggest understatement. This is the, the hottest, most politically volatile topic in our lives right now, because we've gone through this referendum where the left-wing portion of the government said we need to make a special provision in the constitution to have this like voice to parliament thing. And everyone said, okay, that sounds fair because we want to recognize the Aboriginal people. Well, we already did that in the 60s. There was actually a referendum where uh, the Australians voted in favor of allowing Aboriginal people to vote in the elections to become representative uh, members of government to, to be able to access banking, education, mm. everything. So we were desegregated in the 60s. So this proposal was given and everyone's scratching their heads going, okay, what's this about? Like, oh, I don't want to seem racist. We'll better vote yes. And then the funny thing was the amount of Aboriginal people on social media that started arranging full-blown street activism protests against the whole thing because they said, no, don't include us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, in, in the sense of include, it's like one, you're already included. And two, it's more of absorption into that English notness that, it's not even English yeah. anymore. That's the thing. Like they're like you know, for for them from their perspective, they're like, yeah, we don't want to become a part of the colonial system because Britain colonized us. But at the same time, even the these you know, <laughs> these guys from all over the country are like, we don't even know how your system mm. works because they understand the intricacies of tribal relationships and the nuances of having to deal with tribes that are on particular territories, right? But what they're looking at is like post-British Empire sort of New World Western-ish kind of country. So they're like, this doesn't make any sense to anybody. We don't want to be included. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be incorporated in it. Just like leave us be because we, we haven't voted uh, in favour of this in the first place before you even proposed the referendum to the Australians. So everybody was shocked because, I mean, like, this is why it was really funny watching, like, right-wing people in Europe and America sort of talk about Aboriginal issues over the course of this Voice to Parliament thing because it was the majority of people protesting it in the streets were, like, Aboriginal tribes people that said, no, we don't want to. And then hooking up with the conservatives and right-wing guys who were like, yeah, we're pro-monarchy and we're here with the tribes. And so it sort of did this really hmm. weird effect on everything where we were having street parties of guys that were projecting constitutional government linking up with the conservatives who were who were opposed to it as well. I mean, these people have nothing in common politically. And they were all just hanging out in the streets saying, yeah, vote no. So what's happened here is really it is the vote happened. The vote happened, right? The vote happened and it was over in two hours. They counted the votes and it was like <laughs> the, the no trend was so bad. Everyone called it after two hours. They said, yeah, this thing's not going through. <laughs> and even now they're still trying to push it. Instead of having a federal Aboriginal uh, body, they want to um, uh, implement this in the states. So the states all have their individual Indigenous bodies. But, of course, if you understand colonial borders, you'll know that this is a complete disaster because Aboriginal borders are not straight lines they're tribal boundaries so they're basically uh ignoring uh that and and it's basically like it, it it's honestly i feel like i'm living in this like internet version of the scramble for africa without all of the the killing 
but with shit posting and memes. <laughs> it's very, very strange down here. So uh, that's what was happening. And uh, hopefully this is kind of building a picture of the confusion around it because there are people from all over the world, like third generation, fourth generation Australians, but like new migrants mm. fresh off the boats coming out with signs saying vote yes for the referendum. There are people that have come from actual war-torn oh, countries have that know nothing. The, the, the bankruptcy court uh, in 1916 and the, the Greek woman with her, oh, yeah. with her hairdressing salon. So this is why I say that there's more than just the British there. The British is the structure of government yes. and the language of government. But we're saying the, the Aborigines, and we'd say, do they have stories about who they are? Who are they? But then there's yes. all of these others that you're saying they're voting. They thought it would be better for the Aborigines to have a voice. And the Aborigines are saying no. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> Whereas they say the... I mean, I find this very amusing. Maybe it's just my weird sense of humor, <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. The, what, I'm, what I mean is like the woke programming failed and people don't understand it because they were expecting it to be like a Black Lives Matter moment where it was oh, like, yes, this oh, is your, black and white race war. And Mick Jagger like and, and the, the Chinese guy. Is he Chinese? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we're, we're expecting that kind of conflict and it's not. Or, okay. No. Uh, so basically, okay, so the Greek thing. Okay, so I'll go back to the Greeks. Is, uh, okay. Realize we're so, hitting the dream time uh, in her slides now. It's like, hey, wait, they're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully everyone starts to understand what it's like to live down here now. <laughs> but this well, is but the, the point of it is, it's like, it's, it's not about, simply, uh, oh, it's, it's British. At all. No. no. It's it, and, and I what I'm wondering is the degree to which it's kind of I mean it's a British dream time too. It's not like there's 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 a, a formal Imperial Britain that's overlaid all of this. That the formal Imperial Britain has been absorbed into the dream time as well. And that it's it's oh, it's, it's, it's it's it's, yeah. it's manifesting ancient British dream time. The veneer of civilization is very thin. <laughs> <laughs> She's just calling me a savage. Um, <laughs> I live in the American West. Come on. I know. But the, but the thing is, so I, you know, we've talked about this before and just for contrast, right? It's like, it feels like the people in the um, South, you know, the, um, the Spanish Southwest, America, like New Mexico and, and Texas and such like that do have a deep sense of history they mm. had they had a sense of story that's pretty anchored in the land and like i know mm. again I, I know everything from reading novels if i know anything right so there's a series of mystery novels by tony hillerman set in the navajo country and one of the you know the the deep things you learn over and over again from his stories is how they're anchored between the the four sacred mountains of their land mm -hmm. and it's um you know it has a mythology that is different from other parts of the continent and from europe but it's coherent it, it, it's mm -hmm. not dream time it's like there's 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 you know mythological time and monster hunters and you do blessing healings with sand paintings that you blow away and stuff like that but it's not it doesn't feel chaotic at all
it feels they're not in all yeah time. it feels it feels structured yeah, and yeah. and real in in temporal terms at least it does to me i don't know whether that's because they've been educated sufficiently in western styles of narration that they it creates an illusion that they have it but my sense is that mm -hmm. they do well the little stories the little stories have uh, a coherent narrative structure the thing is the way they're pieced together mm. isn't beginning middle and end because the dream time the dream time as a concept is all time it's there is no beginning middle and end it's everything's happening everywhere all at once you know <laughs> and Are you so sure this isn't just liturgy it feels very similar to liturgy <laughs> it does um well they going explain, back okay, explain so how it's i mean so liturgy is cyclical and today we are celebrating this feast and time you know time folds back in on itself because you are in remembrance but i think your dream time is different um dream time would be like a map but uh it's not in a fixed geography it's a map of something like uh, how would i describe this the geography has uh the geography is part of the story so a lot of the old stories here were um about you know mountain ranges and particular rocks like uluru Ayers rock that has its own mythology mm. the tribes up there um they've retained that um places in different parts of the continent have their own mythologies and everything the whole thing had to be told uh in a particular way or pieces were missing from it i think this is where i'm trying to to kind of explain what's happened here in terms of the the original native uh, oral culture that kind of established some of the rules of engagement for the rest of the world that came down here because everything was generated through experience of the landscape which if you know what australia looks like it's really is it's like bush desert mm. It's a eucalypt forest, but the, for, for most people who visit it, it's just a field of like one kind of tree. If you haven't grown up in it, you will not understand the distinctions between this kind of eucalypt and this kind of eucalypt. Mm. It's like, oh, that one has a red, red trunk. That one's white. That's probably the best you'll get. But it's like the entire continent is just saturated in eucalypt, and there is no sense of like a beginning, middle, and end when you're in this kind of environment. Mm. So but most people most have, people don't live in the middle right live you live on the coasts this isn't even the middle this is on the coast oh, this is also in the coastal okay. areas you can leave a major capital city within an hour and you'll see nobody and no, nothing and then it's just mm. you know you're, you're you're back in a pre-colonial kind of visual field it's it's really interesting because we don't have the monument we don't have massive uh, amounts of cities clustering together i'm thinking of a state like uh, texas you know you have Fort Worth and Dallas and Houston and um, the other one that they have there. <laughs> um, there's a lot of there's a lot of cities in one state, is what I'm saying. Here, it's not like it's that. a You're big state. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, just you like, pick I'm Texas. Texas. <laughs> it's, okay. it's actually the uh, only state you could think of that had lots of different big cities. Most states have one big one. Okay. 
Like Cal- Cal- okay. California so has the ones, the one up on the north and one on the south, right? So there's a cluster around San Francisco yeah. and a cluster around Los Angeles. Texas is unusual because you can actually name several. So I picked a good one. <laughs> but but the thing um, about Texas is it those are all internal cities, right? Houston's the only one on the coast, and the other ones are in the middle, hmm. which is 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 interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, we have port cities. Australia is the continent of port right. cities. So there's nothing in the interior of the continent. It's just, it's called the nullarbor, which is Latin for no trees, nullarbor. Mm. There is nothing that grows there. If you drive through, you can drive for three days, see nothing. Nothing is alive. But that's that's it. Your Except- coast, so the landmass is the same size as the United States, basically. Yes. And coast is yes. east coast, west coast. And so you have, you know, the equivalent mm. of like, Boston, D, to, you know, New York, D.C. And actually, you have a bit more down south because Sydney and, and Victoria are, uh, Melbourne are mm-hmm. further south. And then on the West Coast, you have basically Perth, right? Yeah. And and, and the, for the United States, most of, you know, a lot of us, well, most people live near the coasts. There's a lot in the middle. And I can drive, you know, I have lots of, you know, adventures and friends and family and such in the middle, and it, it would be like driving mm-hmm. from New York to L.A. and having nothing. Yeah. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing there. <laughs> nothing. It's, lit- it's an empty, empty, vast space of nothingness. You have to understand the miracle of life being able to exist out there in the Mm. first place, which is, you know, another reason why a lot of people that are kind of looking at the technological development of the continent, the argument that happens all the time, oh, nothing would have got done without colonialism. Well, obviously, have you ever wandered around the Nullarbor? Mm. Good luck surviving for four four hours. (laughs) You're going to invent Wi-Fi in the northern part of South Australia, man? Like, nobody's going to do anything up there. It is a continent of vast nothingness. And the thing that made Australia as well was that we had that that East Coast verdant, uh, you know, area where, where people were living quite comfortably. But, uh, no, it was the minerals in the ground, which brings me to the major theme of the Australians' experiment. It's been minerals. There you mining go. Town. I've got, you, I've got so your, your, get... your lion with the kangaroos and the train on screen now. Because I figured oh, we yes. needed something yeah, that this... was visually saying interior, which has got to be the yes. trains that the trains get across the, the middle. Yes, and carry the all train... of that mineral. Yes, well, that train that was constructed from the east to west, that was a part of our dangling a little promise to Western Australia to say if you join the federation, we'll give you a railway. <laughs> Because they weren't. But why would even they care about joining the federation? It's like the 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 feel of. I I think there's a kind of weird. We must because we're British. We must have a federation feel. It's like what difference does it make? There's like no economy, or is there? Oh, there is. Oh yes, there is an economy. This place. so after the convicts established the convicts. Got, got the convicts. No, no, no. That's links yeah. in the chain of empire. We're Here's really, the convicts we're, with we're, chains. We're making them all trip tonight. We're going everywhere, back and forth and all over the place. <laughs> convicts and chains. So that's how most Europeans arrived for the early days of the colonial system in Australia. They were in chains. They were uh, 
they're called convicts, but it would be more appropriate to say that it was slave labor. Uh, from the reading that I've done so far, the majority of the people that were taken that were arrested and tried and put on the boats for transportation to Australia were political prisoners. Mm. Um, this was done in a time when a lot of the British nomads in the Isles were arrested for petty crimes. The English common law system or the British legal system apparently wasn't dealing with the with the crimes very well because, uh, again, this is just from what I've read, the police forces there weren't adequate to stop all of the criminal behaviours and so it was quite quite hard to get Wait, convicted. Wait, I thought, I thought the British were started, famously then, law-abiding. And then... <laughs> then why did they need an entire continent as a prison? No, no, no. It's the Americans. We're the ones who throw everybody in prison. Come on. Mm-hmm. No. Apparently not. It's because we didn't have a whole continent, is your, what you're saying? We didn't have a prison <laughs> island. Yeah. <laughs> well, you apparently just shattered they, they, everybody's yeah. imperial. Well, apparently Here, we'll, go, we'll go back to the imperial parade. That looked fairly nice. Links in the chain they of overhauled. empire. We are links in the chain of empire. Uh, here's so the links in the are, chain. They there they are with around their head and necks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you will be a link or else. Uh, they they overhauled the judicial. Ju 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 I can't speak. My English really has disappeared today. My, You're horrified at the horrors that we're showing them. Yeah. Well, you have to understand, these people that arrive here in those chains end up going outside this continent to fight for the very people that sent them here in chains yeah. in foreign lands where they were purposefully sent in front of machine guns to die for no reason whatsoever. So this is a personal kind of feeling here because we are getting the American politics imported here where everything is being highly Americanized and nobody's giving us justice and a, and a true reflection of what has happened to us in order to analyze the feelings that are happening here. Yeah. Um, uh, I know a lot of people that are, you know, they're angry with the screaming for decolonization and, oh, no, they're going to hate all the white people now because people are unhappy about colonialism. But Australia's experience of colonialism has, colonialism has been different. And so I think for us it's far more understandable. And to me it's more justified that people would be critical of it because of what it's done to everyone in the, in the process of... Uh, participating in the colonial system here but anyway they, they overhauled the um the court system so that's when the british prisons started getting filled up with people mm. now you talk about crime stats so it was petty theft uh aggressive behavior in public just being homeless was a crime uh all sorts of things being a whore was a crime i mean like basically anyone that was going to get arrested was arrested and the british prisons were so full they said right where are we going to send them all we're going to send them down to what is now known as new south wales they started their uh penal system penal transplantation and they sent uh they sent the people down here just to free up the prisons in uh, in the uk but a lot of people were sent here because they were Irish rebels against the, ah. uh, the English as well. Oh dear, you're so saying this is the gulag. This is a, the British. Yeah. The British managed to invent the, the concentration camps for the Boer War, but they invent their own gulag out in Australia. Oh dear. Well, they'd already done it. <laughs> they'd already done it. So uh, that's where it starts. So for a while, you have the con convict period. It all changes when they strike gold. Ah. The destiny of the continent changes. 
forever because they find the minerals in the ground. And this is where Australia's place in world history is established. Because the British realize that it's not just some semi, uh, semi fertile uh, coastal strip that's good for uh, re reforming uncivilized prisoners. Uh, Australia was the, I mean, people talk about the global south and, you know, the resources of the global south going to the north. Australia is the, it's like pirate cove <laughs> in terms of the resources. <laughs> Everything, iron ore, gold. Something like 25% of the world's gold reserves came out of one state of this country alone. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. That when they say gold rush. Yeah, I'm not sure how much was... ever came out of California. They just, you know, people moved there and they started growing oranges or something. Wow. Yeah. So where where does this it, place where, was... where's the other part of the gold the other the the diamonds come from South Africa. Gold comes from South Africa too, right? Okay. Yes. Yes. So the British are vacuuming all the gold and the diamonds out of South Africa. Ah. They were doing the same thing. Yeah. And then because this, this it makes wasn't... A, the link in the the links in the chain of empire starting to make a little more sense. <laughs> the, pound, the pound, the pound <laughs> sterling backed yeah. by Australian gold. Mm -hmm. Is this is this the true source of the empire? Gold diggers, baby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I told you I was a gold digger. <laughs> she wasn't kidding. <laughs> I wasn't kidding. <laughs> I come from a long line of gold diggers. Mm. This, yeah, that, built, that financial district in Sydney is, se is seeming a lot different than it was earlier. I just thought now it was an outpost it. of Hong Kong or something. <laughs> Finance markets and stuff. No, it's literal. It's the mines. It's the mines. Yeah, it's corporate mining. <laughs> I'm gonna get into so much trouble. But, but I mean, surely this is simply no. known. How is the how is this not like just a basic feature of understanding of the path? We said, and one, I I kind of knew you were going here, but on the other hand, not at this scale. Um, that <laughs> what happens in Australia shimmers around the world because it's yes. the center of everything. I mean, to a certain extent, I know a little, thanks to Milo, and I, I um, he, he was writing about Cardinal Pell back in the yeah. time when Pell was in prison um, for trying to reform the bank. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's it's mm -hmm. the 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 pieces are starting to make sense. Yes, well, the Vatican Bank, but apparently there's a he was in Melbourne and that was relevant too. I mean, there there's a, again this this strange feeling of you're there on, you know on the other side of the world under the Southern Cross and it it's just this exotic you know the the playground of exotic animals, and yet so much attention of the power of the world is focused on Australia. Yeah, especially right now. <clears throat> We're caught in between two maritime rivals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not just, right. it's China, not just China apparently America. happening in the Mediterranean right now. 
<laughs> no, no. If anything, please pay attention to us. Because <laughs> uh, what was that vote yeah. actually about with the voice? Do you think? Depends on who you ask. I have my theories. We've all, we've all got our theories mm. here. Um, I could get into that at another time in this conversation, but I'm not. I, I don't. I don't think it's a good point to get into it yet because I think everyone needs to understand okay. where where we're coming. I think everyone needs to understand where we're coming from because a lot of the Aboriginal uh, arguments that were given during that whole referendum shenanigans, they can seem very anti-European. And I think it's interesting, like what I've what I've read, I think hopefully will shed some light on why I talk about what I'm talking about with this continent, because people have a very deep sense of patriotism here, which I think is not a real patriotism. Mm. And it's difficult to make a criticism of Australia without people getting very, very angry at you very quickly. And I think it's connected with all of this colonial stuff okay. that we've been participating in. Do you want to? Do you have, a, have a, some more pieces? So we have <clears throat> got the convicts and the who are the I one of these the convicts and chains paired with those are giant links. Um, the paired with the yeah. the they look like agricultural workers. Who? Yeah. So they were called Kanaka laborers, okay. and they come from Pacific Island, uh, Pacific Islands. So we had something. I say we, but you, you've when when you say we as an Australian, it's kind of an incorrect statement because at this, for the majority of the history of people being down here to do all of this stuff, we were not a federated continent mm. nation, you know. So, so that Victoria federated stuff is still in the future. Yes, that hasn't happened okay. yet. So all of the colonies are still colonies. So for the majority of Australian history is colonial history, and I will argue it's never changed. It's always colonial history, but. Again, that's a contentious thing. So these guys are called Kanaka laborers, and we had well, the Queenslanders had a process that they called blackbirding, which was a slave mm. trade. And they used to go out onto the islands in the Pacific and grab people and put them in boats mm. and then say, you'll come and work on the plantations for a few years and then we'll bring you home. <laughs> now, this happened in Scotland. They had press ganging. So the exact same thing was happening in the British Isles. Wow. Native indigenous British people were press ganged, which was they were kidnapped and put on ships. Right, to the Navy. Right, Navy. Yes. yes, the Navy. So when people talk about the British Navy, you've got to remember that not everyone that was in the ships of the British Navy was there voluntarily. <laughs> well, there's a all lot the, of all Scottish... the folk songs are about that. How you know you're walking mm -hmm. around and you the the the, the ship, uh, whatever. What the, the word for we're losing the, our the word anyway they get picked up by the press yeah. gang yeah yeah that's the word kidnapping comes children were dead it was oh. dangerous for kids to be anywhere near the port because if you were caught near the port you'd be taken you're and a put child, on the ship you'd be taken and put on the ship yeah so kidnapping they'd nap you and they'd put you press gang you into service on the ship so they were doing the same thing here in Queensland, only they'd go out to the islands and they get these guys that they called Kanaka laborers. So they had mm. uh, South Pacific Island natives that were brought into sugarcane plantations. And again, it's a similar situation to the Caribbean. You've got African slave trade, but also we had the Celtic slavery system down here, which isn't recognized officially as slavery. It's called convict labor. But the Celts were slowly trying to integrate into not being on the bottom rung of this colonial system as well. So 
those guys that are there on the sugarcane plant, sugar plantations are all doing this with the promise of being released and then they'd get sent back home again. In all of this... Sugar, you said. Sugar. Sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So this greatest, is going on. Great drug of the of the of modernity, fueling the British Empire in their tea. Australia is so got... going to be at the center of the world by the end of the story. You guys, <laughs> we're growing the sugar for Her Majesty's cup of tea at the same time as we're digging for Her Majesty down here in the gold fields. You see, the entire continent was involved in the production of resources to back the pound and what was happening was this gold rush was going on and so people were flying in from all over the world as they did in the americas mm. california gold rush enormous amounts of chinese labor came in all of a sudden we had the chinamen in australia right whoa what's this who are these people <laughs> we had enormous influx of irish that came the, the influx of Irish that hadn't come here in chains, these were gold-digging Irish. They arrived. More British people arrived gold-digging. Got people coming from continental Europe to try and join in, which is why you end up with Greeks in Kalgoorlie. Right. So there's like a lot of different people coming in. all, And then at the same time, there's this class system which has emerged, which is essentially the landed gentry, you know, the governmental structure here was like we'll try and get everything organized because we want to organize the colonies so the british class system was imported then they have the governors mm. and the governing classes that are landed they get all the nice real estate and then you've got the working class people that are i forget i always forget the difference they call them squatters and selectors and i always mm. forget the difference on which one is which but basically uh hired labor and so the miners that were involved in all of this mining had virtually no rights and the whole thing was seen by people that were selling the mining licenses they were getting completely shafted <laughs> pun intended by the um by the guys giving out the mining licenses so this tension builds and everybody is just spending their time digging around for these shiny rocks at the same time foreigners are coming in more and more foreigners so you get this environment of like suddenly we're very multicultural mm -hmm. we have a very strict hierarchy of people that are actively policing our ability to make good on the land so eventually the miners down in victoria they get angry and they decide to strike so this is a moment where we had something called the Eureka Stockade. It doesn't seem like a very big thing, but this is a, a kind of mythologically important part of the Australian story because it's the first time that there was any active rebellion against the colonial government mm. by Europeans themselves, by the British themselves here. Would you happen to created... know a date? <laughs> can I look it up? Are you yes, you, can, you up? can look it up. All right. I'm, I'm curious. So we went, that's okay. one anchor we have, right? The Eureka Stockade. You see how patient you so, she's so patient with me. The she Eureka Stockade. We're going to remember days. this. When the, the miners Eureka finally stockade. say, stop it. 1851. Got it. 1851. Actually, that's brilliant because everything comes from 1850. That's when they have the the Crystal Palace exhibition and they're back in London in, in Hyde Park celebrating empire and industry. It's perfect. Well, so we're at the end of the supply chain down here. So <laughs> that's interesting. No, that's really cool. It's, no, it's like, that's a big deal. 1851. Okay. All right. So we're in the mines and they're all in Hyde Park. <laughs> so 
the guys get angry. They're like, no, they're shafting us. These licenses are expensive. We're living here in penury. It was a very hard life. They, the guys basically slept out under the stars and did nothing but wake up and all day, every day, dig, 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 hoping to get a nugget to crawl out of poverty. Mm. So it was like a casino environment in that way because you're investing with no guarantees. Uh, so the miners get angry and they start with a series of rebellions and they create the flag, which is the symbol of the Eureka rebellions, and it's got the Southern Cross on it. So at this point, did they you have, have a the picture impression... of that in the slides? Mm, yes, it should be in there. There's the original, the original flag that they uh, they okay. There you go. For the, got it. For the miners. It was not a successful rebellion. <laughs> It failed pretty quickly. Uh, there were multiple, but this one was not uh, the, the main one that everyone talks mm. about. It was squashed very quickly because with the gold and the the, the, the population boom, I mean, the enormous population boom uh, the, of the of the state because of that Victorian gold right. rush, the police force was heavily militarised very early on in Australian mm. history down there because of this. They had so many people coming in from all over the place. They had to militarise. And so the police force established itself, I think it was at that stage, the most organised, well-armed and well-funded police force anywhere on planet Earth. Wow. Yes. So that means... And so Britain is practising a lot. If, 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 if they're organising the police force out of that, they haven't actually taken India yet. The East India Company doesn't, it, it, England does not become an empire governing India until after 1859. Um, up to that point, it's the East India Company that's running it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So this is prior to this, Spice, spice Rave to start starting. Well, I mean, they're in, so the, the thing is, they're in India, but the East India Company is the one that's managing Yeah, their, not, not officially. So, as yeah, Victoria becomes Empress after 1859. Okay. So it's like they're dragging so, all of these places into the, into, into the, the year of the incarnation. It, the, the, into this, the, the, the modern linear time. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Everyone's getting dragged into modernity when they're joining the the, the when they're becoming links in the chain of empire. Yeah, but what, well, the, I, the what I'm I'm appreciating in this since we talked about when I went up the Monarch Pass and saw all of the the mines in Colorado, mining is so huge, and it's 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 one of those like spices when you're just like, wait, you you started to see mm -hmm. the like deep architecture of power what the rocks <laughs> it's not and and what's funny mm -hmm. is i think we've been we've been distracted by fossil fuels for some time now it's like it's all about the the liquid when in oh, fact yeah. now it's like recognizing all of the devices the things that we're talking on now i mean it's it's glass and fiber and stuff like that. it was a lot of precious metals which is mining which is Yes. Why China has the power that it does because so many of the rare earth minerals come from their mines. Mm. Yeah, they have the right rocks for the technology that everybody's using right. now. Mm. Well, Australian development wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for this gold rush period prior to England formally taking over India. Mm. And the police force down in Victoria was so heavily militarized. It set the tone for the police there 
pretty much permanently. I mean, the, they they quickly got a reputation for being uh, ruthless against any insurrectionist activity against the uh, these are the, the same ones that government. threw Milo out, right? Or yeah, the same ones that tried to bill him for the, <laughs> for the street protest. Well, he's in a long <laughs> tradition then. That's that's okay. Yes, he's joined. <laughs> he's joined the national pastime of <laughs> irritating the gold uh, the gold diggers uh, and the gold the gold digging uh, police. So that's very um, interesting because I mean, when we were watching mm. it, you just see it as oh yeah. I mean, from American perspective, it's like oh yeah, our police have become been coming more militarized. But you're saying this has always been the case that they've been always. the gold police all along. Yes, and it's because of the gold. They literally are the gold police. They are there actively to police the mines. They are there actively to make sure that the mining operations are done without any interference from foreign agents, too many people coming in to take the gold out. I mean, the mining operations that were done here, it wasn't just these guys digging for the shiny rocks and, uh, you know, getting their individual mining licenses. There was British capital, there was enormous amounts of, British capital behind all of these uh, enterprises in a lot of areas of the country. And there were British investors that were expecting a return on their investment. So the forces were put there at the mine shafts to make sure everything was running smoothly. Now, the people that were in the force, that's another story, because that's where we get to the divide in the Celtics. Mm. <laughs> that's the point where they had to make a choice between remaining ethnically Celtic or assimilating into the Anglo system. <gasps> and it's just the police. So you know, at the at the end of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the knights are about to attack the castle, and they're going to go over the hill, and the police show up. Uh -huh. <laughs> and and that I, if when I first saw that movie when I was younger, I was like, that's silly, right? And now <laughs> that is what happens, right? The police show up. <laughs> All chivalry and romance go away, and the police show up, and you know, disperse the the knightly the knightly uh, the riffraff the knightly cavalry with no cavalry because they're in horses but anyway that this is this because i mean but this is fascinating because of course of the american mythology it's always oh the british police they don't even have guns they just can manage their population with that's so peaceful and everything with billy not so much anymore but um what you're saying is it's all been a they they've shoved all of their violence down to you guys Yep. <laughs> Knife crime was higher when my ancestors were in the British Isles. <laughs> well, but so it, they said they, they said, but you, what you've described yeah. is saying the convicts that are sent there are the poor. Or the nomads, because Britain had nomads. Right. They had nomadic Celts that used to live there. I mean, well, and also Britain had an Britain at this time, it, Britain at this time, right? The, the Industrial Revolution destabilizes everything. Also yes. needs mines, yes. right? And the and the and the, the, the and, yeah. and again, it's like as we tell the industrial revolution, it's always it all. It's this miracle that happens in England, sort of. It's <laughs> factories. <laughs> yeah, they're exporting all of their homeless and and migrants. Yeah. they're establishing militarized police in order to keep control mm -hmm. of their mineral extraction yeah and then they're pretending we're the problem please we were right to get rid of that king 
they're so, they're so funny. We we find them amusing. I, but I thought they're, you liked so the queen. Funny. I thought you liked being part of the monarchy. Oh wait, we've I got some more characters here. We've got I, some... I wait, wait, wait. I no. like another bunch of riffraff have a complicated relationship with the British monarchy. I am a monarchist, and I've got. I you know I thought I was insane. Because I hate British colonialism. I, I'm, 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 I, I'm, I'm zooming I'm around in your in your slides right now. Oh, good. But I found another bunch of weirdos that also had the same opinion that were patriotic nationalists of Australia okay. and actually retained an adherence to them, <laughs> you know, love of monarchy. And then we part ways on many issues because they're a bit. Uh, oh, it's funny. See, uh, Dreamtime's going to go in a different direction real quick in a second. But um, you no, got to tell you got to tell us about the that 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 cleric guy who has okay. name I forgot and Monash and the other guy. Okay, so I'll get there. So basically like <laughs> this is where this is where Celt this is where the Celtic identity has a kind of schism in in Australia because they've they've got to decide whether or not they're going to be under the Anglo thumb mm. or if the Catholics here are going to develop some kind oh, of Oh, Catholics. So I'll go to the Catholic guy. Yes. So, uh the Irish were dogs in Australia. I'll say it very openly. They were dogs. I still grew up with people that were uh, Aussie Aussies that used to refer to Irish Australians as bog Irish trash. So this was normal, even mm. when I was a child, to hear this kind of stuff in the background. And I know you pretend um, to be older than me, but that's not that long ago. That's interesting. Yes. It, it's not actually 423 years ago, but... Um... It's more recent than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I heard this growing up. Um and I have friends of my age whose family come from Welsh Catholic backgrounds that were here because we had a lot of Welshmen that came here as well, a lot of Welsh in mm. Australia, and they were trash. You know, it was Irish, basically just meant Celtic Catholic at one point for a lot of people, but uh, no, Celtic Catholic's trash. Irish, you're trash. And so the Irish, ethnic uh, the Irish ethnicity has disappeared in Australia, which is mind-blowing if you understand how strongly they were either trying to assimilate or resist assimilation mm. i mean it was like a civil war here in terms of the culture of the irish in australia uh because we have ned kelly you know mick jagger's ned kelly that's why i want to show that oh, kind of schizophrenia okay. it was like uh they're either going to be the cavalry that are policing the mines or they're going to be Ned Kelly, bush rangers, anti-authoritarians mm. fighting the system and, you know, going out and, and horse wrestling in, in the bush, stealing horses and living off the land and, like, bank robbing and whatever. That was, like, the Irish story. Authoritarian, anti-authoritarian, and that kind of tension, that stuck in Australian consciousness for a very long time. I didn't understand it growing up why there was this... I mean, it was like I was living in a country that was nerfed on one hand, you know, like a nanny state culture mm. where it was like suffocating mummy everywhere telling you what to do and, and whatever. And then on the other hand, like unbelievable amounts of danger, anti-authoritarianism, people who have no regard for rules, law, authority, nothing. And it was like, this doesn't make any sense. It's kind of schizophrenic. It's the Irish. That's the Irish mind mm. in the country. So... They became cavalry for the gold, gold police, or they became bush rangers, and then that kind of Irish experience is bubbling up underneath everything. And the Irish Catholic identity is the only thing keeping them from, basically, from imploding. <laughs> because you've got to remember, as all like I don't know dates, you know, you know the dates, Doc. 
as all of this is going on down here, you've got the troubles up there. Or not pre troubles. Yes, they're they're starving be because of the English. Because the English yeah. So this is, I mean, this, so context this, the 1851, I know this because I teach the, the Crystal Palace in my Eurocive class. And coming out of that is when The Economist, which is the magazine, the journal for the liberals, right, the free traders, they develop out of the arguments over the corn laws, which are the, 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 wheat, the wheat trading laws, right? This is in the context of the export of all that Irish wheat by the English overlord, I forget who his name is, bad guy. Trevelyan, um, Trevelyan. And therefore the, Engl the Irish are starving because of the potato famine. And then a lot of the Irish come mm. to the United States at that point because of their, their yeah. dying. But it's, it's, a, it's a manufactured famine. Mm. Yeah, they were sending all the Irish food out of Ireland. Right. That's why they were starving to death. They were, they were, they so were I mean, E. Michael Jones has talked vigorously about this because the english the english set up the irish to starve yes in the same time when we're celebrating the crystal palace and the you know the the glories of empire <laughs> hmm. Hmm. well this is the irish down here making decisions it was tough you either retain irish identity or you assimilate into the anglo world now that that decision being made at the time when england's starving the irish to death and then this coffin ships happening where they're all getting sent over to the Americas. I mean, it's an intense amount of tension in the Irish world. And it was working itself out here in a really very strange way because um, they fused with the Anglos uh, eventually, mm. synthetically. I, I'm going to say synthetic synthesis. Yeah. Uh, because... Uh, it was a decision to avoid perpetual second class status right. that made them go into that uh, that uh, role. At what, at what cost? They're not Catholic anymore. They're not Catholic anymore. They denied the Christ. Cat Your rooster is saying so. <laughs> is this is the who, Irish? Is, who is the the cleric here with the oh so that's uh, that's archbishop mannix so he was irish born and sent down here to uh take care of the uh the irish catholics he was sent down to melbourne australia mm. which was the biggest hub of the irish catholic civilization i suppose you'd say that that streak of civilization in the continent mm. um and they had a, they had a huge political numbers. I mean, he was at one stage making political pronouncements to the Irish Catholic in Australia, and they would listen to him on matters of state, mm. uh, of national identity, even. I mean, he was trying to advise them to, uh, you know, be more patriotic to Australia and less worried about Ireland at one stage, even though he was also going back and forth between Australia and Ireland and all of the, the ethnic tensions were happening between the Irish and the British. So a really interesting cleric. Um, this place was so practicing and so pious that apparently he used to walk from his home in Kew, was the suburb in Melbourne. He used to walk from Kew all the way into the, uh, the cathedral and people would stop as he was walking along the road to greet him. Mm. So he was... A public figure. I mean, it's like talk about Milo and his work with the the Cardinal Pell case. Mm -hmm. I mean, that whole uh, 
Catholic Church thing that's going on in Australia. I mean, for a very long time, the Catholic Church in Australia was an ethnic church. It was Irish. It was here for the Irish, the Celts that were down here. And um, no. Well, I think the... I think that's why e. Michael Jones has been talking about because the, the Catholic Church here was the Irish and the Germans. And I know that yeah. from and the well in Chicago the Polish as well, but um, large you know large numbers of Germans and Irish, both of them have been erased in American consciousness. One by the Germans by World War One, and the Irish by a lot of the same processes that you're describing. It's like it's, it's hostile to Catholicism. So are you going to yes. stay at odds with the the larger culture? Or are you going to blend? Well, they intermarried with the Anglos and they blended. They intermarried. They had what was called a mixed marriage. It was called a mixed marriage the same way people describe uh, racial mixture. But uh, they intermarried with the Anglos or they just decided to assimilate into the Anglo, the dominant Anglo culture right. until this very strange term crops up in Australian vocabulary, which is Anglo-Celt. They call uh, now white Australians that are from colonial stock Anglo-Celtics which bothers me so mm. much because I know that what they're doing every time they say that is they're erasing all of this history. See, everything in Australia is designed See, to be an amnesia right. to erase everything. I think we found the source of it and, and it's not, I mean, it's like, it's all, mm. you're always blaming, blaming. It's like in the, in the storytelling, it's always, Oh, the Aborigines, they don't know how to tell story, you know, tell it sounds to me like there's been a perpetual propagandizing. Yeah. <laughs> this is much less mm -hmm. of a mystery than a media rewriting in service of empire. Mm -hmm. They were still speaking Celtic languages when they this were This is that this 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 little creature is Bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. We eat those, by the way. I ha I've had them dried. <laughs> That's, food. That's food for us. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bouncy cow. Uh, right. But no, I, the, uh, this is, I think we're, we're discovering, it's like the, the English, the imperial, it's an imperialness has been so effectively overlaid all of these stories. There's a lot of history here. This sounds like an incredibly rich and dense and local story i've had to dig a lot because it's not spoken i right. think this is the thing is it's 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 like it's it's like an archaeological dig because it's not spoken it's not in the it's not in the the uh the, the common uh consciousness in the way that you know like with with uh mediterraneans when they talk about this that and the other thing happened and blah 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 this patchwork is not in the common conversation of the majority of australian people well it wouldn't be because you're caught in government schools Yes, and the Catholic schools also are under uh, the oversight of the colonial government in yep. Australia. There has never been an, an establishment of an independent Catholic. Civilization. Well, you have the next the next guy is, uh, is this Monash in a hat? Oh yeah, that guy. Oh, they're all yes. in hats. So I wanted to ruin. Different, I wanted to ruin different hat. Here's a, here's Monash. <laughs> I know him because his name is on a university, and I have friends that teach there. I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, to add, adding layers of complexity to the colonies. <laughs> so <laughs> I just wanted to ruin everyone's day. 
<laughs> you thought we were going to um, get away from this particular story. <laughs> no. Nope. Well, I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm living it. So, um, also on the boats, also on those convict boats, uh, along with the Celtic Catholics that were transplanted down to Australia, were uh, British Jews. <laughs> The Australian colonial story has included the Jewish presence since the founding of the first penal colony. And uh, this gentleman here, John Monash, is the most renowned military general of Australia's history. He was leading the Australians in World War I. Monash is a Prussian Jew. He comes from Prussia. His family are Prussians. This is even like Prussia. This is even modern Germany. This is like old, you know. I'm going to die uh, laughing now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we have to re so, retitle Australia the center of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> the new it's Jerusalem. It's just so funny. Acts happens in Sydney. I haven't even I haven't even gone to the the anti-Semitic pro-Aboriginal activists that were like pro-monarchy and uh, patriotic and anti-imperial yet. I'm telling you, this continent is nuts. <laughs> so, yeah. So Monash, he he led our army. He led our army in World War One. Uh, I've posted the picture of him before on my channel. When when he was young, you can see he's much more Sephardic in feature, and it's 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 more obvious. Mm. But obviously, when you're living with people, you dress the way they dress, you pick up their mannerisms. Uh, he was uh, <clears throat> he was Australian, like everyone else gets Australian. <laughs> yeah, so we we uh, figured yeah, out we're not really sure what that is. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> so yeah, he led our army, uh, and he's incredibly respected. I think he got some he got some uh, some orders. You know, he's he's a decorated man, and uh, not many people know that he's uh, he was Jewish. Mm -hmm. um, and this very unusual aspect of Australian history is that not only do we have this uh, uh, military champion of Australia being a Jewish man. The first governor general of Australia that was born in Australia, this next one, actually right? born on the soil of Australia, yes, <laughs> is a man named Isaac Isaacs. I think that's kind of a suggestion. Yeah. yeah. Not many people know this. All of our it's colonial governors. <laughs> it, it is, but, but no. But I mean, I'm Rachel and them. I'm not Jewish, so, you know, it could be confusing, but... Presbyterians were very confusing. Yes, well, Presbyterians. <laughs> I haven't read that book yet. We can't go there yet. No, we won't okay. go there. Um, uh, but no, if you ask the majority of Aussie Aussies, okay, Isaac Isaacs, oh yeah, some old guy. This is one of the old guys. It's some history guy. Like, right. It's it's not even a. It, so when I'm when I've been trying to explain to people for quite some time, you know, there have been quite a few Jews down here for quite a while. We're not talking about post World War II disaster European refugees coming here and establishing themselves. And right. There's some delis that pop up. No, the store the Jewish presence in Australia has been since day one. Day dot. Incredibly significant for this continent, because Isaac Isaacs was the first native-born Australian Governor General, the first High Court judge of uh jewish descent was this man he was involved in creating the constitution and contributing to the effort for federation which is again we link back into 
why did the country federate in the first place? This man's part of the federation story. Uh, One thing that's really interesting about Isaac Isaacs, Sir Isaac Isaacs, uh, he was born uh, born out in uh, the middle of nowhere. His parents were very humble mm. e- economically, born out in the middle of nowhere, and he was academically bri- brilliant, so he ended up with this amazing legal career. He was a very rabid anti-Zionist. Interesting. Absolutely opposed to Zionism. Very interesting. Uh, very controversial with the Jewish community uh, in Australia because he believed that he uh, and all Jews should be identified religiously and not ethnically. He didn't believe Judaism as race. He believed in Judaism as religion. So he was opposing the Zionism project, which I thought was very interesting. And again, to add to the more you know confusing contrasts that happen down here because everything gets flipped upside down 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 there mm. um he was incredibly viciously racist against continental europeans that he considered not white namely the italians <laughs> and absolutely wanted to maintain the stronghold of a white australia policy even though his father was born in poland <laughs> he had an english mother so he's got a Polish Jewish father who, you know, migrated via Germany all the way into England. They get married. Uh, his father and mother come to Australia. He just happens to be born here and he is a an absolute rabid pro-white Australia policy guy. And he viciously hated the Italians, hated Wogs, hated the Wogs. So he was uh, blocking them from coming here. So again, we add to the like the complexity of this continent in the, when people are talking about things like the white Australia policy and they kind yeah, of, we have some other pictures there that we'll be we're back to the cross, mm-hmm. but now we got the, your um, new Australia big brother movement, the, Oh yeah. yeah, Wait, yeah I yeah. thought you had a white Australia policy. Oh, well, I've lost, I'm lost now. I think I put something in the stack. There's the new Australia save her from new Germany. Keep Australia white. Oh, yeah. It's in this picture, the new Australian picture. Yeah, the the hand the hand from Australia up to England. So white in this context means English, British, British Protestant, British, yes. Protestant. Yes, not at Catholic. this point because of the gold police. The <laughs> Irish started. But we created this weird Frankenstein hybrid called Anglo-Celtic, but that was it continental europeans were not welcome they're not even in the picture they're not on the map they don't exist no no intervening eurasia between australia and one (laughs) island to the other (laughs) they just wiped the whole continent off i just think it's so amusing but they did this because of the gold they did this because of the minerals the british wanted to maintain the monopoly over the mines and they were really worried that the chinese were going to come in and establish (laughs) themselves Sorry, it's just true. That's what happened. <laughs> they were worried about Chinese people getting the minerals. They were worried about continental Europeans coming here and getting their sweet fingers in the pie. They were worried about um, so many it's things. It's making so much sense now. <laughs> doesn't it make sense? So it's like yes, we, we might have, you might have thought we were here under 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 the Southern Cross, and it's also so simple and blissful and. You've got your koala plushie. It's lovely. Well, I think I may need to sleep with my koala plushie to get over the stress. <laughs> yeah. So they locked down immigration. No, no continental Europeans were allowed. 
Only British, because they had to make sure that they got those mines. Uh, uh, well and truly monopolized. And uh, it's at this point that Irish Catholic Australia is completely cut off from the rest of the Catholic world. Mm. Just absolutely no co no contact. It was like uh, around the the time where the British go over to fight the Bull, uh, Bull mm. War, you know. Again, another mining conflict that we've talked about in one of the other streams. Right. Australian troops go over there as colonials and then return from the Boer War as a federated Australia that has a flag. And now we have a nationality and it's Australian. But they also return to an Australia that enacts a white Australia policy. So this is a very uh, big problem and a lot of leftists are talking about it all the time. Conservatives get offended. They go, oh, you know, that was in the past, but mm. no one addresses why it was happening. Uh, they wanted to make sure that the British kept the monopoly on the resources. And the federation of the country was done and drafted to make sure that all of the resources could be trafficked between the colonies without hindrance to the traffic, which is a part of the uh, conditions on the constitution, so that when the states were formed, um, the entire continent could run as a, a mining export business uninhibited uh, with the, the minerals getting taken out and exported uh, with no issues. And then, of course, the other resource that was uh, building the country here, which was wool. Right. So it's basically the golden fleece, you know. <laughs> you, and did it. you did it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just I sound so cynical, but it's like I try, no, no, I'm trying no, no. to help everybody. So this is the mess you've grown up in. But it's, it's like the mythological the depth that you know <laughs> it's not it's not it's you have not you it's not that you have dream so i was thinking about the dream time in the sense of the way in which the drawings are always showing the interior this is this makes sense it's like you're trying to see the interior of the land where all yeah. the minerals yeah. are yeah <laughs> you have an incredibly so rich deep story that you wouldn't see it from the Sydney Opera the House, mind, though. Like nothing the, about the, the powers nothing. that be, the whatever you want. The guys in control of the mines don't want you to yeah. see, even as the people are making, they're working the mines. Yeah, yeah, it's like Plato's cave. Like, look at the shadow. Don't worry about anything else. It's seriously, it's like it's 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 nuts. So all of this, this is like this swirling madness that's going on here i mean we've got like continental jews that arrive here to help set up a federated state and enforce a policy where they're banning continental catholics from migrating into australia like we have to be we have to be very clear <laughs> my people wogs not allowed <laughs> not allowed ever until they dropped the white australia policy and suddenly like some greeks started filtering it and italians started filtering in the first people actually i did put a picture of the people they first allowed in because i wanted to show mm. everyone this i think it's also very amusing because we have such which picture is this race categories in australia um it's a it's a, a group of lovely looking ladies oh and smiling. yes old black and white photography um so this was okay 
white Australia policy. When everyone thinks white people, they think I'm white people and you're white people and everyone that's pale is white people. <laughs> it is not so. Australia had this very interesting declaration of what whiteness was, which is the British. <laughs> well, to, I mean, to be fair, that actually applies in the United States too. People just keep pretending that it doesn't, but it, yes. Okay. We never well, had a policy not- like this because it was, you know. They just did it. Okay, we had an well, official no, government it's more, policy. It's more wasps were white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, and so that feels like that. Okay. But it 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 more it fits more within this world of of whiteness is about the British Empire as well, obviously. Okay, but yes. but you have actually have a policy, okay. and and we did have oh, we haven't actually policy. done American yeah. immigration policies. We have had like quotas and stuff in the past that were about mm-hmm. restricting from particular groups undesirables. Yeah. Yeah. Or encouraging one group of people and discouraging others. So we just flat out banned it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so funny. I mean, the fact, what I mean, the mythology of the airport plushie, right? You would never know. It's like, oh, yeah, they're so cute or whatever. No, they've all got chlamydia. They're high on eucalyptus leaves. (laughs) That one. That one's vicious. It can kill you. We eat that one. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's not the plushie. So... Basically, uh, this policy was removed. Uh, World War Two, they had to kind of uh, relax it a little bit because, of course, ca- big capital mm-hmm. industry, they wanted cheap labor. And Europe had just gone through this massive catastrophic war that had displaced all of these different people all over the place. Of course, the Soviets go in and they invade the Baltic area. There are people mm. that are getting misplaced from there. So the Australian government goes out and says, right, we're going to find the most acceptable non-whites to import into Australia and get white Australians used to non-white people, <laughs> which is what this group of ladies uh, are. These are the acceptable non-whites. These are Baltics that come from Lithuania, Estonia, and uh, what's that other place? I always forget Lapia, mm. isn't it? Um, and they were the ones that were cherry picked, purposely picked from displaced European oh, we'll concentration take those. camps. We'll, 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 we'll take, take these ones. These. Oh my goodness! Because they are the least disgusting garlic eaters from the <laughs> continent, and we're going to bring them in. <laughs> that was the attitude. I'm wow. telling you, we're going to bring them in, and we're going to introduce these ones to the Australians. And so, when they get used to these non-whites, we can bring in more non-whites. Which is when, after the Baltic uh, communities assimilated just enough, they started bringing in the Greeks and the and the Italians. So, we just have this very strange, like, complicated ethnic hierarchy that's emerged from all of this because all of these continental Europeans that came in here were 100% legally not considered white. Mm. Then they came here, they were encouraged to assimilate, but they were assimilating into this mad gold rush, golden fleece, like a uh, wild west town that had suddenly developed a, a, a stable form of government. And then, uh, yeah, just like kind of uh, encouraged to, leave all of the mess of Europe behind and just come here and start clean, start mm-hmm. fresh slate, don't worry about any of it, which meant for a lot of people, leave your religion at the door with you. Right. It's not to come in here and pollute the 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 peace of Australia. And so I, th- I think that's like the kind of point that we're at now because I've seen time and I know we're going over, but um, Australia doesn't want to deal with the religion. I've corrupted you. You pay attention to the time now. 
I know. You see what you've done? <laughs> when I when I found her, she was innocently dreaming under the stars, and now she knows how long it's been. <laughs> Ruined. Ruined. So, but that's it. That's I can't it. believe so you we, pulled we, off the Golden Fleece. That's brilliant. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> And this, in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen, is how we do it on the Mosaic Arc, right? <laughs> we take you on yeah, a journey, well, and you find you're at the beginning, you're you know back where we started in the first place with more knowledge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this was an amateur's very rough guide to Australian history, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, it explains a little bit more because. What we're dealing with now is a perpetual modernity that sydney opera house building yep. it's the it's that our identity gets projected onto that and it changes every 15 minutes and we're having an identity crisis in this continent no one knows what they're doing here and why they're doing it i mean but what what you've described is now it's a purposeful projection of amnesia right it's like it's it's the <laughs> it's the the thing that we're we're now experiencing like everywhere saying don't remember the last two years the last three years it's like it's oh, just yeah. gone right yeah. it'll all be fine it's like oh we'll do this new war and you know it, it's like no and what you all have been you know trained into is like the prototypical um i mean literally brainwashing right it's like you just forget hypnotism right just look at mm -hmm. look at look at the the sydney opera house which makes no sense because it has no roof and <laughs> It's it's all veins. It's in it's supposed to look like a ship, like it's it's like a, a ship yeah, in the harbor yeah. or something. So, yes, we sailed in and we're going to sail back out. And there's no anchor. Yes, yes. Well, there is no anchor, uh, and uh, I I don't want to go over time, but I have to say this because I think it's important. The most intense uh, nationalists that existed in Australia were not the people that federated the country. Mm. It, it, it was not not even people like John Monash. The majority of, of Australians that are in the conservative side have always been pro-empire, pro-British. They've never been particularly anti-imperial. Right. Nobody has ever wanted to throw, throw the yoke of the, the monarch off the country. If you say that in history in Australia, you're insane. Mm. The guys that were... Uh, getting really uh riled up for the for the nationalism here uh they i lost my train of thought it's going to come back to me the the, the guys that who's, were who's actually nationalist the, you were talking about oh who's yeah who's actually a nationalist uh they were intense it, there's a quote in there i'll post it on my channel they wanted to, I'm paraphrasing here, but the guy that was le leading this movement, that was the Australia First movement, said he wanted to absolutely eliminate the British and Jesus Christ, right? Wow. Nationalism in Australia, which became the Australia First movement, like you hear America First all the time, right? right? America First. People are trying to do Christian, Christian nationalism in America now. Our Australia First little bizarre pocket of actual, like, patriotic nationalists they hated jesus christ they hated religion they were dedicated to completely eradicating the influence of religion from australia hyper rationalistic mm. they wanted pure reason to govern the continent now even though these were the only ones that had uh, formed a kind of political uh declaration of these ideas 
to me, they explain perfectly what has happened just de facto in the rest of the continent. Australia doesn't want religion influencing anything in Australia because religion can't influence the gold mine. You see? So old world people are migrating here. They're being offered a ticket to dig, dig the mines, dig for gold. Yes. Yes. Leave your identity behind. Don't you dare bring any of the old world nonsense with you. However, this is a pipe dream that I think a lot of people here are waking up to really quickly because you can't import the entire world. I mean, it's, it is, it's like Noah's Ark. Mm -hmm. We've got everyone from everywhere here. Importing the whole world and you think that they're going to magically leave their identities behind without a process of assimilation the way that the Irish had to come in. The Irish were broken. They were brutally broken in order to leave their Irish identity uh, behind and become this weird Anglo-Celtic thing. But the rest of the planet, they don't have this. So I'm at the moment looking at my my country and I'm wondering what is going to happen here? Because the only thing that we've got is the economy, a resistance to any kind of mythology which would state an in-group and an out-group because we have to be inclusive. Mm -hmm. We have no choice. You cannot discriminate in in a, in an in an economy that functions on a boom and bust structure of a mining town. Right. But what do we have to congeal everything together? It's an interesting problem that I, I don't think many people have thought about, or uh, at least if they're thinking about it, they're not talking about it out loud. So I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. Uh, we're we're now at a. <laughs> An interesting crux in history under the Southern Cross. <laughs> well spotted. I put, I put the picture back. <laughs> you will, yeah. We are still all under Christ. And it's interesting. You say the nationalists want to be rational. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. wonder how they're going to, wonder how they're going to do that without the, the incarnate word. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So now my plushies are sad. They, 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 oh, they've, they? Been, they've been ripped from the bosom of the airport <laughs> and realized <laughs> as totems, they're imposters. It's, 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 we're going to have to think about it. Yeah, we will. Good thing we've got an arc to continue to sail around. <laughs> yes. Okay. Casey gets the last word. So it sounds like Oz was one big turf war between different ethnic gangs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not was. Is. is all under the Southern Cross. Mm-hmm. Yes. Christ is here with us. Yes. He is here with us. That, that I do know. Actually, certain. so we do. We you're right. We have run out of time, and we need. We're trying to figure out like how do we conclude this without leaving people in despair. Yeah. If we've said that Australia is the center of everything, it still is, and it's like a it's a m microcosm of the Enlightenment worship of industry in absence of. Christ and yet there's the constellation saying no you're never without me mm -hmm. even in the mining rebellion the cross was there we cannot escape it thanks be to God 
Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And I think it's like now I, 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 I realize I know no, no Australian history. Nobody else does either. But at least now we know where to start looking. Dig. I don't know any objects. It's just like got to dig for it. From... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to dig. <laughs> okay. Thank you all for joining us. Like, subscribe, you know, watch for Act One of Drake Alchemicus. It's coming soon. All mysteries yeah. will be revealed. Good night, everyone. Yeah.